Mackenzie, whenever I pause, you say the word Zootopia. Are you ready? Zootopia. No, I just not yet. <laughs> whenever I pause. Okay. Today's episode of Writers Get Animated contains spoilers for the movie Zootopia. If you have not seen the movie Zootopia, go see it. Zootopia. No, we're done. <laughs> That's it. We're done. Today we're talking Zootopia. Good day, everybody. People. Welcome to <laughs> Writers Get Animated. Uh, I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva. And today we're talking about Zootopia, the 55th animated feature from Disney Animation Studios. Yes, that's right. There's a lot of animation there. Yeah, there's a lot of animation happening to Disney. It's well, I mean, I was in that sentence. Oh, in yeah. the sentence. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and we, yes, that too. <laughs> what? There's a lot of animation happening at Disney Animation Studios? <laughs> Yes and yes. Okay. Um, if you haven't seen Zootopia yet, I highly encourage you to. It's a we very, highly encourage we you to. highly encourage you to. It's a joint agreement. It's a two thumbs up, if you will, from Siskel and Ebert. Two hooves up. Four two hooves, hooves up. up. Depends which part of the world you're in, because they have different broadcasts. Never mind. Okay. Spoilers. Lots really. of good recommendations. Good recommendations. Two good recommendations up. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, and we're going to break down what's in Zootopia. What went into Zootopia? How did Zootopia happen? What is being a writer at Disney like? And um, how can we convince them to hire us in one podcast? I, th I think that's the end goal. Yeah, absolutely. That's the end goal. We're going to tweet at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so first, I want to say we have a frequent listener who contacted us. Um who suggested that uh, he wished he could listen to our podcast at home and not while he was in the car so he could have a, a drinking game every time we said the word dramaturgy or dramaturgical. Um, if you are over the age of 21, 21 or over. In this country. In this country. Uh, or are you are the, of the appropriate age to drink, and you are not currently operating a vehicle of some kind, this is the episode to play that mm -hmm. game. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the definition of dramaturgy. Dramaturgy is several things, but dramaturgy is most of a, a theater term that we use. Um, it's the idea, here's, here's how I define dramaturgy. It's the idea of making decisions about the world of a of a play or of a movie and the characters that influence your story and every decision that's made after that. So every time you make a decision about something, make a decision about a character or a plot point, you hold up that decision to every other decision that you've previously made and see what stays, what works, what doesn't work. So you're creating these touchstones as you go to define the world, the character, the rules, mm -hmm. and see, do they hold up against each other's? Is this, if the character does this, does this hold up to every other decision we've made about the character and the world that they inhabit? That is dramaturgy. So when we say something has dramaturgical issues, 
it might be that a decision or something that happened does not hold up when held up against the rest of the world. I think that sentence still works, Mackenzie. Don't, don't look at me that way. Um, <laughs> in the world of film and animation, um, dramaturgy can live by, in my personal opinion, a couple other names that you may see in the credits of things. Continuity supervisor, yes. head of story, story person. I don't know. I made that one up. <laughs> story person. Story person. Usually story by um, the writer, most definitely. But dramaturgy also can be influenced by executives or mm-hmm. other other people who get involved. Anyone who asks a question like, and and not just silly things like, can we punch this up or can we? You know, that's yeah. not necessarily dramaturgy. That's something else. <laughs> it's it's telling the story, but not necessarily just in terms of the words. Right. And it's also looking at the intention of the author. So it looks at intent of the author and making sure that the product that is being created follows that original intent. If mm-hmm. the author comes in and says, this is what I'm trying to accomplish and watching what they've created and then saying, does that hold up towards the original intentions? And yeah. and I and the reason why we're talking about dramaturgy with um, Zootopia is their story telling in this film is wonderfully spot on. It's really well done. I think there are a couple there issues, are, there, but there's always a couple for of for issues. what they set out to do. And I think actually I wrote this down somewhere. Let me find the quote. John Lasseter basically says at some point, "We're trying to make a charming family movie about racism." With that goal in mind, I think they do an excellent job. Right. It's their original intention, and they've done it. Yeah. And it's amazing. And it brings up all the story people. So we have the directors, Rich Moore and Byron Howard, and the co-writer, co-director, Jared Bush, and even the head of, uh, co-head of story, Josie Trinidad, mm-hmm. um, all together. But then there's something else at Disney that makes their dramaturgy and storytelling more. And it's something that's newer to Disney and newer to the process, which we'll talk about. I was going to say, do tell. What is it? Oh, well, (laughs) I'll say it and then we'll talk about it more in a moment. Okay. But it's the Disney Story Trust, um, which really didn't exist until, now I'm talking about it, it really didn't (laughs) exist until um, Pixar became part of Disney. Mm -hmm. So um, officially purchased by Disney. Um, And then John Lasseter came over to head both Disney and Pixar animation. So they brought the idea of the Pixar, um, they call it the Pixar brain trust where the different creators and heads of story of Pixar all get in rooms and talk about the films as they're going. So it's a team effort towards the creation of the movies. Um, And it really started with princess and the frog, but mostly on tangled Mm -hmm. is when the Disney story trust came together. So all the head creators um, all the story people, all the directors and writers of those films, all together of every film that's currently in progress, giving feedback and ideas towards the each movie. I kind of feel like it's it's like Disney grad school. Kind of, in a way. Yeah. In a way, it's, it's like those workshop times where here's the story, you experience it, now let's go have <laughs> feedback. But it's creating, the important thing about it is creating a place of trust mm-hmm. and they talk about this there's a great documentary that's out there called imagining zootopia um which is free to watch it's about 47 minutes 
Um, I found it on cartoonbrew.com, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's also on YouTube. So you can search for Imagining Zootopia and find a lot. But yeah. I wanted to give cartoonbrew.com their their due. Um, but it's great to see the storytelling and it creates an environment of trust, which is important. Mm-hmm. So trust, there's no ego. You have to have um, vulnerability because mm-hmm. people are, you're putting yourself on the line and letting anybody in that room, about 40 different people comment on it. So you can't have an ego about any idea. You have to take the best ideas. And um, I think um, when they talk about Frozen and the creation of Frozen, they don't even remember who said, maybe they, maybe Anna and Elsa should be sisters. Like they can't remember who had that idea, but somebody had that idea. But you would, you would think that somebody would be like, Oh, that was me. <laughs> you know, somebody ha- somebody knows, but like, what's well, it's like um, convergent evolution almost. It's, Multiple people can be thinking the same thing, and then one person says it. Right. Yeah. And then they they go on, but it's ideas are turned on on those moments. So the dramaturgy is shifted. So if you say, "What if Anna and Elsa are sisters?" Then if you make that decision, going back to the dramaturgy, if you make that dramaturgical decision of they are sisters and plug that in, then suddenly you have to fix. Everything. Everything. It's not just like you can make them sisters in one scene and <laughs> have that not matter the rest of the time. Right. Well, they have to live in the same castle. So what were they like growing up? Maybe they sang a song about trying to build a snowman or something. I don't know. Something happens. Something happens. And then how does their relationship change through? And then the whole ending matters. That changes the very end because of that one decision. So it, it, it influences everything. What if this movie is about this? And then what if it's really about this? It, it's just those what ifs that if you make that decision, you can see the ripples throughout your entire story. So let's start with that with Zootopia by talking about what it is first. What is the final product and what that entails? Uh, tails. <laughs> <laughs> you just tickled yourself. That was really good. <laughs> Um, what does it entail, Mackenzie? It entails... Um, it's it's a story about... A bunch of different kinds of people who have come together... Animals. Pamels. People animals. Anthropomorphic animals. They're yes. animals. Yes, animals. It's a world of animals. It's a bunch of different living beings <laughs> who've come together to create a utopia, a zootopia if you will, um, and finding success in that and what that means to work together instead of fighting with each other. And one of the things that I really like about this movie is it does embrace that idea of utopia. And part of the charm of it is every little thing in every scene, there's something about how this world makes it work for everybody equally. The city right. of Zootopia values accessibility. Accessibility, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> and it makes everything accessible for everyone. So the story's about how it's not society holding the city back. It's well, not people, living beings <laughs> holding themselves back with ideas that are kind of backwards and um, counterproductive to what their society is. So it's about not systematic racism, but just prejudice and racism. Bias. As well. Bias. Really? Yeah. Um, 
But it's also tackling bias from the framework of we all know that if a fox is in a story, we all know mm, sly fox. There, there's that idea, mm-hmm. um, or cute bunny. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have these ideas like bunnies are cute and adorable, which is why Monty Python works, My and, th- and the Holy Grail works because oh, cute bunny. Exactly. Because we all have these preconceived notions of certain animals and the way they behave and the way they are. Um, and they play with that so well. The yeah. lion is president of Zootopia. Because of course he is. Well, the mayor. And the assistant yeah. mayor is a lamb. And like, oh, it's a lion and a lamb. And that concept becomes so much more complex so quickly. <laughs> I, I enjoy that very much. Yeah. J.K. Simmons is great, too. So, Assistant Mayor Bellwether. What a great name. <laughs> <laughs> Smell weather. <laughs> It's basically JJ, J. Jonah Jameson in that role. JJ, JJ, JJ. Lots of J's. Okay. J. Lots of. Stop it. <laughs> JK Simmons, Jonah J. Jameson. We're done. Okay. <laughs> um, so, what are. what Chris, what are your favorite dramaturgical things in the final product of Zootopia? Well, the, the whole idea is we, f- we follow the story of Judy Hopps. A bunny from the country, mm-hmm. which it's Bunnington. an age old, age old story. Bunnington? Bunny, yeah. Something like that. Um, from the burrows, really. Ah, the burrows. She's huh, moving huh, huh. to Zootopia because she has a dream to become a police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, we start off, and the thing that I love is the way we begin with this school play, the talent show, which is really well done. <laughs> um, one, because... Um, it also mocks the idea of <laughs> exposition, <laughs> right? It, I, it's, it's exposition, but it's exposition in such a beautiful way because you see Judy's parents are already uncomfortable about her doing this play. So it's like, oh, we were not expecting her to do theater kind of <laughs> stuff. So you see this, this horror of what is she doing up mm-hmm. there? What is she saying? Um, but this idea of a bunny can be anything. You know, we are not predators and we're not prey anymore. We're just people who all live together or animals who all live together. I, no, I didn't. Living beings who all live together. <laughs> we inhabit the same world and we can be whatever we want to be. Mm-hmm. Or we have the opportunity to be whatever we want to be. There's nothing in society that puts one being over another being. Mm-hmm. Um, in that main way, there's food chains or yeah, thing of the past. And now, uh, I've learned that they all survive on fish and insects like protein. Like that's how, that's what the predators decide to Oh yeah, there, are, to there aren't fish in this movie. No, there aren't, but except for food, but we don't really learn about that very much. Fish are friends, not food. Not in this universe. Fish are definitely food, <laughs> not friends, because your friends are not food. Friends are not food. Fish are. <laughs> friends are friends. Never mind. Friends are friends, not, not food. food. <laughs> but fish are food, not friends. It's <laughs> a lot of Fs. <laughs> uh, so then let's talk about what Zootopia was going to be at one point. Okay. As revealed in the documentary, Imagining Zootopia. Um, and I had heard about this before watching the um, documentary, but it was nice to see it in action. Mm-hmm. The, the ideas that they, that they changed. So it was always 
when they started the story, it was about Nick Wilde, as voiced by Jason Bateman, mm-hmm. um, who is a, a Fox con artist. But um, also a struggling father? Well, not at the time, no. He's not a struggling father. Well, they, he had like a son in one of the concepts. In the concept, he yeah. no, in the concept, he he was the son. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a flashback about oh. his story. So they were following Nick's story through and him being in Zootopia. But we get to see how unfair the world is to him as being a predator. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the predators had to wear tame collars. Mm-hmm. To, Which is like a cute idea, but it's like a first level idea. Yeah. Um, but the idea that, hey, we're going to keep you safe and we're going to all live together. And the way that we could all live together is to make sure that you have a shock collar. And they do. They play the scene that made it hard for the story trust to cut this. Where they have like just a cutaway of like a, a polar bear father having like a bar mitzvah for his child, essentially. And getting his first collar and the child's so excited to get the collar. And the father has to put the collar on him. And the child's getting so excited at his party because he has his first collar. And the dad's just getting worried and worried and worried. And the kid gets a shock. Because he gets overexcited. Yeah. And it's like this sad, happy moment. And it is such a heartbreaking scene. Yeah. I, I, I could see why both why it made it to the movie, why, why it didn't make it to the movie, <laughs> but why it was there at first. Because you had to see, it shows the world of the collar. It shows how... It's a thing that makes society work, but it's also a bad, unfair thing. Mm-hmm. But I think having, and I believe the story trust came through to this idea, having the callers there made the world a bad world to begin with. Mm-hmm. It made you not want to be there. Right. And they want Zootopia to look like a beautiful, shining Zootopia. A place you want to be mm-hmm. You want to be there. And mm-hmm. I want to be there. And all the different neighborhoods that they have, it's really cool. And my the four arms, of the twelve that we saw in this movie, yeah, leaving my, room for at least another sequel. My arms are going wild. I'm so excited about They're going this movie. Nick Wild. Nick, wow. Oh, God. I'm all about the puns today. You are. Woo. <sighs> yeah. man. Um, what the scene that they showed in their their concepting that I didn't like was the different opening scene. Instead of a school play, it was a school field trip. To a natural history museum. Yeah. And which it, they visit the natural history museum in the finished film at they the do. end. Which I think is really strong to have it there in the natural history museum. That, that was a really great choice. I think one of the best changes that I think doesn't have to do with the actual color change is that in the actual movie, the kids are telling the story of Zootopia. Yes. And in the cut concept, it's the teacher telling them this history of Zootopia. Right. So it's already an authority figure telling you what this is about instead of a kid saying, this world is perfect. Isn't it great? But the big thing that that forced that change is um, a change that happened not too long before the movie (laughs) was opened was, wait a minute. Is this actually Judy Judy's movie? Mm-hmm. Is she the protagonist instead of Nick? Suspending so like three years of believing that Nick is the protagonist. And a lot of their promo art just had Nick in it. Yes, it did. <laughs> I remember reading about this and I'm like, oh, a fox, that's neat. Because, I mean, the whole, the whole thing was descended from their love of Robin Hood mm-hmm. and anthropoform- anthropomorphic um, foxes. And in fact, at one point... Um, Byron Howard, one of the directors, does say, we haven't done these in a long time, specifically about anthropomorphic animal movie. Right. 
it's been a lot of humans mm -hmm. and uh, it was really fun to see the world of the animals inhabit our world. Mm -hmm. And I think somebody once said that they could see that Robin Hood happened in the same Zootopia co continuity. <laughs> that that's medieval time in the Zootopia world is Robin Hood and it's the same continuity. Uh, I like that. I like that concept. <laughs> so somebody said that and I was like, okay, so we're going to get the, the Disney live action remake of Robin Hood soon. You mean live action CGI? No, just live action. I'll just put a fox in a dress and let it go. I can see that. <laughs> I wouldn't pay to see that, but I could see that. You could see it, but not for money. Right. I, I'll, I'll watch the trailer. <laughs> I'll, watch, I'll watch multiple trailers. I'll hear the theme, theme song, see how it goes. Uh, but um, when, when you change it to Judy's story and you put her the focus and what she wants to be, then she has to take charge from the very beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. She has to be the one if she believes that she believes so strongly in the concept of Zootopia mm -hmm. and she believes so well in the the world that they've created. She believes that so much. Of course, it has to come from her mm -hmm. and her belief, because if we hear it from anybody else, then it becomes something that she it doesn't necessarily become a core belief for her. But for her to speak it and perform it and show it from there, then it becomes her driving that idea of how great Zootopia is. Well, she's also our insight into the psychology of the villain of the film, because they come from the same place of predators are scary. Right. We've had bad experiences with predators. Right. How does that motivate this character? And they take it two different directions. But also it can... it. What happens to her there in the play mirrors her later performance in the Natural History Museum. Mm -hmm. um, Which I love. It's a very dark moment if you aren't an adult who can put the pieces together to know that <laughs> what's going on is a performance in the museum. Yes. But they give you a lot of visual cues. Mm -hmm. Eyes, mostly. Yeah. The eyes of the character. Next but if, you, if you're a kid, you may not... I think Jack was very worried. I think it's on par with Mufasa dying. Really? Except Mufasa's actually dead. So I don't. I wouldn't put it on par there. Well, you, they don't show Mufasa getting trampled. Here you show possibly the main character, Judy Hopps, having her neck bitten viciously by a fox on screen. Yeah. I think it could be a terrifying moment. Yeah, I think Jack was a little bit nervous. Jack was a... Pretty nervous at that point. But he thought it was funny. At least didn't kill his favorite character. Yeah, Mr. Big. <laughs> I like that guy. He stood up. He stood up and pointed at the screen. I like that guy. The mafia character. Yeah. He, the mafia He character. loved Mr. Big. <laughs> he did. He just loves it. I love I like that character. <laughs> great. It's <laughs> great, Jack. Um, and he calls Judy um Officer Hops. Officer Hops. Officer Hops and Nick. I like it. Nick and Officer Hobbs. Hmm. I look forward to either the animated series that follows Zootopia. <gasps> yes. Where they're on the beat. Oh. Um, I want to set up Aladdin style. I want a sequel movie, then a TV show, and then a wrap-up movie. Mm, yeah, I can see that. I don't need a long series. I need like maybe three seasons. Yeah. Give me 70 episodes. 
so I don't need a lot of episodes. He used to be Disney Standard. Yeah, 70 episodes. And then, then you're canceled. Final movie. <laughs> but I, I want a satisfying ending to the series, though. Yeah. So make that true. It doesn't have to be a love story. A lot of people on, on Twitter and everything, a lot of fan art right now for Zootopia has, like, Nick and um, Judy falling in love and stuff. I'm like... I feel like as a warning, you should not search the internet for Zootopia romantic No, 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 please don't. Please don't do that to yourself. I, <laughs> or for of, any TV show. Right, for speaking, that I, have, I have not done that. I have not looked it up, but, but following Zootopia, because I, I enjoyed it so much, I started looking for artwork and things like that, and it was very tame. I will say that, so to speak. It was very tame. But there was a lot of, there was a lot of romantic, and... Um, Dramaturgically, I, I think, think just th I think they work better as friends. Yeah, I think they do. Um, there's something about people being vulnerable together mm -hmm. and intimate that we start to think. And I, when I say intimate, I just mean like um, freely able to talk back and forth that mm -hmm. make people automatically go towards romantic. Well, I think like in in modern America, um, we we think that. Vulnerability implies intimacy, specifically romantic intimacy. Right. And it doesn't have to. I, exactly. And um, funnies and boxes. I think Byron Howard said that they would have uh, funnies and boxes if they had kids. Had kids. Funnies and boxes. <laughs> um, but or like their <laughs> Nick's surrogate deep-voiced fennec fox son. Right. <laughs> Something close to that. With really big ears. <laughs> Is he related to Jabba the Hutt? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Nick Wild. Ho, 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 ho. Oh, that's a sequel. I think there needs to be a new mob boss who's basically Jabba the Hutt. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's a hippo. <gasps> Zootopia Wars. Zootopia Wars. <laughs> um, there, I, so thinking of... <laughs> I didn't use a Chris O'Dowd voice that time. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> now on. we did, though. <laughs> All's right with the world. So we have our original concept of colors, and they're not necessary, but we need them. And it's kind of dark, and Nick's the main character. And then we have our final concept of this amazing world that Judy Hopps gets to go to and live in um, that's more about subtle bias. Um and John Lasseter has a saying, which I've heard before and love and use in my personal life. And one of his gold sayings, I think, is be wrong as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And I think from watching the documentary of Imagining Zootopia, they took a while to be wrong with this one. Mm -hmm. But I think then at that point, they were right as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> because, well, the hard part about it is it's not just the writing. Now you have to go and create the artwork. So mm -hmm. the art artists are now waiting for the story people to get their stuff together. So that way they could actually make the movie. I don't think they were waiting for this one, though. From the sound of the documentary, they talk about how this... This was strange because development and production happened at the same time. Well, production is also... is not just making the movie, but... You're designing the technology to make millions of hair mm -hmm. on a hair. See what I did there? Uh, um, sorry. But you're, you're working on the technology to be able to process the animals and the fabric and everything. So you're doing the look of everything. So production is still able to work on 
the locations and the characters and getting all that together. So it's not actually putting the movie together at that point. But then you have um, Josie Trinidad and other people doing the storyboards as they go. So mm -hmm. really thumbnailing these things fast so that way they can see if it's going to work so they can put it on a screen so they can get the story trust together so they can say yes, yes, no, yes, no, and then go back to the proverbial drawing board and get mm -hmm. things going again. So that way they can say, yes, this scene, no, this scene, yes, this scene, make this scene, and then get, get it to the animators to go. Um, and not really putting anything into final lighting or construction until the end, um, because that takes hours to render. Mm -hmm. Hours to render. Yay, rendering. My oh. favorite. Rendering. I just want to, I just wish that there were a computer that would just go rendering, rendering. <laughs> I'm sure you can program Render to do that. I would love that. So if you have written this program <laughs> to make a computer say rendering. That way you know, like, okay, we won't go over there. It's still, are you still rendering? Yes, yeah, still rendering. Like, it would, like, answer you back. <laughs> I think you can. I think that would be lovely. You probably set this up in Automator on a Mac. Siri, is this still rendering? Yes, it's still rendering. Or, I've searched the web for results on... Siri, is this <laughs> still, still rendering? rendering? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Siri would probably say. Ah, Siri. Here's what I found on the web. <laughs> About Zootopia pictures. Oh, goodness. But while this movie's rendering, they did all sorts of fun stuff. Um, imagining Zootopia just makes me want to work for Disney. Hint, hint. Listeners. Uh, <laughs> important listeners. And every listener. But they have... Uh, some things that I learned about making a movie with Disney. Um, you get to go to Africa and just enjoy that and look at animals for a number of weeks at a time. Um, there's a an animation library of every Disney movie ever made. The animation research library. To just look at how they animated something. So you can just go find whatever you want. Um, I remember them talking about, because um, this is why I buy... Um, thing the blu-ray and other things to get all special features of the disney movies um because as in high school i started i visited um cal arts to try to become an animator because that's where i wanted to go and didn't unfortunately but um trying to figure out well how do they how is this made and how do they do that in the animation research library of here are their solutions in artwork and just going back over, how have we done this? What's the tradition of doing this? What does rain look like in Dumbo? Because the rain in Dumbo is spectacular. And how do we do foxes? And what does this look like in, in other fabric? And having that at your fingertips is just amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but not throwing everything away. It's just something for the archival purposes. Those That artwork on its own, they're just masterful. I like to think uh, that the um, the Disney Animation Research Library is like the the cartoon library at Alexandria. Mm, yes. <laughs> if that is lost, so much of animation history is just gone. Yeah. I I would just love. Uh, I, I just would love to to be there. Um, I just love seeing the artists go back to try to learn from these masters, and then story people going back just to get that inspiration and get it. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's get this back in our blood somehow. Um, but what's interesting as they've gone on, and even though they keep deep dipping into that, well, um, things have changed in terms of incorporating different people into 
the Disney mix. So mm-hmm. people like Rich Moore coming from Simpsons mm-hmm. and coming from Futurama, Roswell mm-hmm. that ends well. Um, oh, he yeah. directed that. Okay. Um, so Rich Moore coming from that and doing Wreck-It Ralph and um, just being able to work with uh, Jennifer Lee, who helped write that. But working with different writers and different directors outside of the Disney world, um, not Disney world, but <laughs> Disney world, the Disney world. Exactly. Um, not Orlando, Florida. Exactly. Uh, Orlando. Um, <laughs> Florida. <humid>. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and then also doing more with screenplay mm-hmm. writers. So Jennifer Lee coming over to work with just on like Wreck-It Ralph and then ending up working on Frozen and doing everything. It was supposed to be a one-job thing. Um, but bringing writers into it. Um, they had a writer on um, Lion King, uh, Linda Wolverton, way back. But it was usually the people who got credit for the story and for the writing were the artists themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a tradition of the directors and the artists creating the story as they went and revising the story as they went. And they usually had two or three people who were in charge of, we'll call it dramaturgy, but usually it was executive power of, yeah. no, change this, change that. We need more I toys mean, or other things. Um, dramaturgy has been around for so long, but we have really a word for it, a specific word for it so recently. Right. Like theater, the theater world hasn't even figured out dramaturgy yet entirely. You're right. But Disney Disney does dramaturgy. They don't call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have, and I, th- I believe their dramaturgy is spot on for the past five features or six features since Tangled. Um, you start mm-hmm. to see the influence of the story trust in Tangled because that story is really interesting. It is. Um, because the idea of Tangled, I don't want to get too far into Tangled, but... You don't want to get tangled up? Right. I don't want to get too tangled there. Um, But she, um, if Rapunzel leaves the tower because she's trying to escape her mother and become her own person, if that's her reason for leaving, the moment she leaves, the movie's over. Mm -hmm. Because she's accomplished what she set out to do. Mm -hmm. But if that's not her focus, if her focus is, I want to leave not because I'm trying to rebel or be against my mom if i'm leaving because i want to go explore what uh, those lanterns are then that's a really different story idea and it's not about independence Mm -hmm. or being free because if that's all it were about the movie would be over the moment flynn comes in Mm -hmm. i mean their their dramaturgy since then has been terrific and they like the changes with big hero six of when Baymax gets introduced, mm-hmm. who introduces Baymax? Who's in the <clears throat> room when Baymax is introduced? It all ripples. Oh, and they've all been pretty successful. I haven't seen Wreck It Ralph yet. You haven't seen Wreck It Ralph, which is strange because video games and cartoons. What are you doing later? Probably trying to write or going to the gym to run. I committed to it on a podcast now, so guess I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we, we can we can watch it some other time. <laughs> but we're watching Wreck-It Ralph, okay. which is the Who Framed Roger Rabbit of video games. Yes. Um, story-wise, and 
They have, Wreck-It Ralph has one of the best exposition things. It's just a throwaway thing where it's Sonic the Hedgehog on a animated billboard. It's like, and remember, if you die outside of your game, it's game over. So be careful. <laughs> like, it's like, wow, okay, that was really, that was really on Thank the nose. Thank you, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> if you die outside of your game, you're dead forever. And his most lucrative appearance since Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in the 90s. So, yeah, it was it was really, I, I think I laughed out loud at that. I'm like, thank you, guys. But then you also have to remember, they're trying to, it, it's also a, a movie for families, so there are also kids who have to understand this. So sometimes you have to be on the nose. Sometimes you can't have your subtext be so sub. Otherwise, you won't be able to communicate it to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a couple moments like that in Zootopia, which I think take the complexity for me. And those cause the dramaturgical problems for me where it is a little like too wink, wink, look at what we're doing here. Oh, but Nick, you're not like those animals. You're not one of those animals. But that is so strong though, (laughs) because that's during their breakup scene. Is that what you're talking about? Where you said, no, you're not like them. Oh, there's a them now Mm -hmm. like that. That's really powerful though. Cause kids, for kids and parents, because sometimes people have to have it spelled out. And sometimes when things come out, they have to be like really sad. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that there is a lot of merit to, um, I've, I've said this to you, Chris, but um, rather than hitting people over the head in my writing, I try, my writing is like LARPing and hitting people over the head with foam swords. Right. It's right. like a little bit softer. And I, and I think that's the difference between the tame callers and just having the hidden bias. Yeah. Is you get rid of the, the visual, physical manifestation of what bias is, of who these people are, and you have it just be what it is in our world, which is mm-hmm. just carefully looking at people a certain way or moving your child slightly closer to you or, mm-hmm. you know, those moments of okay, I'm going to roll up my window or I'm going to turn up my music or I'm going to whatever those little actions are, those silent moments. And this movie does talk to kids like adults. Yeah. In that way. I appreciated that a lot. Mm -hmm. I really did. Um, And they didn't shy away from it. And I I appreciated how well they took it on. Um, Oh, you can't. No, you can't call me cute. Only other bunnies can, bunnies call. can say that. <laughs> bunnies, a bunny can say that, but you can't say that. I did like that. <laughs> I mean, they just went for that. Because, I mean, it's all gender. It's race. I mean, it's, it's all about, mm-hmm. like, she can't do it because she's... But also, the it does talk about accessibility in some way because she physically has to do these things. And mm-hmm. her physical form is different from all the other police officers. Yeah, it's like the world is set up to... Be accessible to the entire public, but as a police officer, they still expect to be able to do certain things because of the, the nature of the job. Right. <laughs> nature. nature. <laughs> <laughs> yes, nature. Well done. <laughs> On accident. That was good. Uh, that was kind of purposeful. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you now, it, you now I'm thinking well. ahead to my puns. Oh, that takes some of the magic away from me now. I feel like they they were just happening. Magic. Oh, Mackenzie. So, Chris, what was uh, your favorite thing in Zootopia or imagining Zootopia? Oh, my favorite thing. Oh, my gosh. 
I, the crash. Uh, so Zootopia is like crash for kids. <laughs> really? Yeah. So the movie crash, that. right? Um, there's the moment where, um, Judy is following Nick around because she's like, there's a Fox and her thought immediately is that Fox is up to no good. Mm-hmm. So you talk about police bias right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> police look out, be on the lookout for foxes because they're sly and they're up to no good. She follows him around because she thinks he's up to no good. And then she sees him with his quote unquote son trying to buy a jumbo pop. Mm-hmm. Um, because his quote unquote son wants to be an elephant. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, the music is great. I've, I have on Apple Music the Zootopia soundtrack now and listen to... Oh, I, I listen to the Giselle song a lot. Yeah. the um, Gazelle. Gazelle, yeah. Not Giselle, who's an actual artist. That's different. Who didn't do the Gazelle song. Jack loves that. He, he was... We went to... I don't know if I told you this story or showed you the video. We went to the Disney store. Mm-hmm. Um, he found a BB-8, right? Mm-hmm. A little plush BB-8. And I said, Jack, we already have BB-8 at home. We have two BB-8s at our house. He says, not a snuggle BB-8. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fair play. <laughs> so he had this plush BB-8 and suddenly try everything comes over the speakers like super loud. And he goes, BB-8, this is my favorite song. And he starts dancing in the middle of the Disney store next to the Frozen merchandise. <laughs> and a poor little girl's trying to get to an Anna costume and she can't because Jack is dancing in front of it and moving his BB-8 around dancing. He's like, you dance really good, BB-8. <laughs> and he's just dancing. And then the, the cast members, as they're called, the Disney cast members that work there are staring at my son and laughing and dancing <laughs> along with him. And he's just, and I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> what is happening in here? So well done on Try Everything. Mm-hmm. But the Jumbo Pop Hustle mm-hmm. track on the Zootopia I want is my ringtone. <laughs> um, but jumbo pop hustle. Jumbo pop hustle. But I also need people to call me so I could hear it when it's my yeah. ringtone. Because nobody calls me. So. Well, no so, one calls anymore. I know. That's the problem. I'm like, oh, I want that as my ringtone. So I will never hear it. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. Um, but I, I, that whole scene of what they're doing with the jumbo pop and how she follows him, that whole sequence is oh, so just good. so well done. I left that on. It's Redwood. Yeah. No, Red Spacewood. <laughs> and Jason Bateman is just really great um, in that role. I mean, he's perfect for that. I was worried about him voicing an animated character, but he's great in that. It, it feels real and it feels vulnerable. And him up against Jennifer Goodwin, it, it's just great. My favorite thing is not directly in the movie, but its presence can be felt throughout the movie. And that is Dr. Shakti Butler, their bias consultant on Zootopia. Um, <laughs> Who we meet in um, the Imagining Zootopia documentary. Disney is funding academics, and I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great, though. I it's, mean, that's their research. And research goes from going to Africa, going around Los Angeles. I mean, if you're if you're doing the research about it, you really want to, you know, you, you really want to be real about it. So why not learn more about bias with a bias consultant with a bias consultant, Dr. Shakti Butler. What a great name. Dr. Shakti. If you're listening, I want you to be my bias consultant. I'm not sure. I'm sure that I need it. I don't know how, and I'm sure that you will guide me and tell me how I need it. 
I, I I just think it's it's important. It's a really it's a really great film. I think I I was talking to my wife about this. I think it's second on my Disney favorite list. Ever? Yeah. I think it's second. It's rubbing up against Aladdin right now. The two of them are kind of doing battle. I'll have to see it a second time to see. But the story, um, how intelligent it is, Mm -hmm. um, the comedy in it. I mean, for Aladdin, maybe my favorite as a young person. (laughs) I'm also, you know, I used to look like Aladdin. So that helped. (laughs) Um, There are pictures. Oh, I've seen them. (laughs) I've seen the Halloween costume. And then um, the idea of... um, I think Zootopia is like the Disney movie for me as an adult. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's like rubbing up against like there's something really strong about my childhood love of Aladdin that can't let Zootopia win as number one. But it's very close. I like all the parents in this movie because I feel like now that I'm a little bit older, I can. It definitely happens. You start to relate to the parents in Disney movies more like, no, you shouldn't run away and marry that guy. Don't. Yeah. And while the parents I thought had interesting ideas at the beginning of Zootopia, they grow a lot in this movie. And it's they very do. subtle in the background. Like, oh, I do like their the growth. parents. I relate to you. Though. They made a they made a little bit way forward. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about next time? Next time. <gasps> oh my gosh! So, oh, I just remembered it and got excited about it. <laughs> next time, <laughs> we're continuing our Disney theme. And going into the character arc and story of Ahsoka Tano, Padawan, 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 wow. Padawan. Well, that Padawan, one. Pada lost. Pada did Padawan to... or Padawan? Padawan <laughs> to Anakin Skywalker on both Star Wars: The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, which has recently concluded its second season. So your homework is to, of course, make sure you're caught up. And watch the second season of Star Wars Rebels, especially the finale. Twilight of the Apprentice. Parts one and two. Mm. Usually booked as one episode. Um, and then I think you had another one picked out. It was just the um, the wrong Jedi. The wrong Jedi. Yes, which is um, Ahsoka's final actual appearance in an arc on Clone Wars. Star Wars the Clone Wars. And we'll talk about other stuff mixed in the Clone Wars also. But um, we're, it's all about Ahsoka next week. All about Ahsoka. Toto sobre mi Ahsoka. Wonderful. <laughs> As always, thank you to Nigel Catino, our engineer, and thanks to Jacob Reed for the music. You can find us on the web on Twitter at, at WGAnimated, on Tumblr as writersgetanimated.tumblr.com, and on Facebook as facebook.com slash WGAnimated. Um, if you like this podcast, you should leave us a review on iTunes or tell your friends or strangers or people that you don't care about. If you thought we were bad podcasts, you can wish us upon them. That's okay too. I'll take it. Good exposure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) wonderful. That's all that I have. That's all that I have too. Okay. Good night, everybody. Zootopia.